so glad you decided to join me here again on Generation 2300. I know it's been a while. Uh, life's been a bit crazy, but Anna here, and I'm back uh, to talk about Bible prophecy to study or not to study. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with a sort of theme verse, which is uh, Revelation 1.3. Um, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. It's about that blessing of reading the prophecy that I'm getting at. Um, so let's get going. Why do I, or does anyone study Bible prophecy? Um, I got to thinking about this because I was talking about it with a friend, a close friend, the other day, and I realized I haven't really thought through why I'm studying Bible prophecy. And talking about it, I do appreciate the fact that she doesn't consider me too eccentric, because I have started focusing so much on Bible prophecy. Um, still, I wish that wasn't even something to consider, because <laughs> I just wish the church at large taught us more about Bible prophecy, because I feel like I'm kind of in a shrinking minority within a shrinking minority. You know, studying Bible prophecy and being a Bible-believing Christian who studies Bible prophecy. Um, because we're just missing out on so much on the joy, the assurance, and the motivation to live for Christ that a thorough knowledge of prophecy brings. I mean, for the last 25 years of my Christian life, which is all of it, up until just a few months ago, I knew prophecy in the Bible was important, because it's there, obviously, but it seemed kind of a heavy subject, and though, you know, I knew we could decipher it, but it did seem a bit confusing. Um, it was something to study once in a while instead to just focus on the reality of Christ here and now in my daily study. Although Bible prophecy is actually focused on Christ too, uh, more on that later. So what has changed in my brain? Why have I started studying Bible prophecy? Um, well, the hope that I found in Bible prophecy. It's a hope like nothing else. It's the promise of a future that is literally the best imaginable, and not just by me, but by any human brain. And it's so certain, this future, that for all intents and purposes, it's happened already. Because in a way it has, since God's the one who's making it happen, and he's outside of time. I will be with him and every other believer separated from death, sorrow, and suffering forever. I mean, God's actually put down His Holy Spirit in me as a guarantee that that will happen, that He will keep His word. I mean, specifically, what got me started studying Bible prophecy was that I was dwelling more on heaven because my grandpa went up there back in March. Boy, does the hope of heaven get real when someone who's lived in the same house with you goes to be in the physical presence of Christ. 
that's one aspect of the hope I was talking about. And then another one that got me really excited is that I will be there too one day, and it might be closer than I thought. So I started digging deeper, and I didn't realize how out of the loop I'd been. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world. The Middle East had been simmering away very nicely, as well as the decaying state of the church and the world, just like I'd been hearing for years that they would, but didn't expect to see it for a while yet. It was like I'd been working on a puzzle, looked down at the ground for a second, and when I looked up, someone had put all the pieces together. I mean, well, almost all. Um, it was, I guess it was 2020 that seems to have put every timeline into warp speed. When things were happening, they really started converging. I think we can all agree it was an unusually chaotic year, and in ways that lead straight down the road to Bible prophecy. I was, uh, I watched one video on prophecy, then another, then a lot more, and everyone kept pointing out the ways that events in the world are lining up unusually closely to what the Bible says will happen in the last days. Well, last hour, really the last few minutes of the last hour. And that was, it was so exciting to see God's word coming to life, almost. I mean, actually it was, and it is. And it's a bit alarming too. Um, so I really wanted to study the Bible for myself to see if these teachers were right and to have the prophecies at my fingertips, you know, in my head, so that I could observe events to see if things really were as far along as they seemed. Um, just I have to say a quick word about teachers. Some can be very off. Um, if they consistently line up with what the Bible says, what all the Bible says, and interpret the Bible, interpret Bible prophecy literally, keeping God's character and person in mind, keeping him as the plumb line when they interpret, then they're teaching it's reasonable, very powerful, and always consistent. You know, they don't set dates or try to figure out the calculation for the day of the rapture, anything like that. Okay, so anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I started digging into, of course, Revelation, uh, Daniel, Matthew 24, so exciting, First and Second Thessalonians, um, and reading Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, and just reading through all the Old Testament prophets, uh, looking at words and writing timelines to figure out how it all goes together. And my perspective really grew a lot more hopeful and more excited. I mean, I really had a major shift in my perspective on everything. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, this no longer seems like a distant promise. I'm not saying with 100% certainty that the rapture will occur in my lifetime, but if we put this promise in the context of all the other prophecies yet to happen, I'm ready for the rapture to happen at any time. Because the rapture is one of those events that's imminent, can happen any time. Um, 
You see, there are no signs or prophecies that must precede the rapture, like I just said. But after some study and learning, I realized that there are prophecies that must precede the tribulation and Christ's return to earth, and those can be observed. I'd never thought about that before. I assumed that the world would become less or more godless before the rapture came, but that there was nothing that could give us any hint whatsoever that it's getting close. But, like I said, there are observable signs that the events after the rapture are getting close, which also means that the rapture must be getting close. I also didn't realize just how many prophecies there are in the Bible. Lots of Christians, it seems, including me, up until just a few months ago, think of prophecy as a peripheral subject in the Bible, but 27% of all the God's word is prophetic. I've mentioned this before, but it's just still just strikes me so much. Now, this does include prophecies from Christ's first coming and about Israel in the past. Um, but out of the 300 plus prophecies just about Christ, only 100 something have happened, which leaves over 200 left that will happen, which means that if we don't study Bible prophecy, there will be significant gaps in our understanding of God through his word. I mean, <clears throat> the Bible is God revealing himself to us. He wants us to understand him, or he wouldn't have bothered to give it to us. So prophecy is included in that. He wouldn't have put prophecy in there if he didn't expect us to be able to understand it, especially in these days when we have completed Bibles. So prophecy is in there for very important reasons. And one of these reasons is in 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, Paul says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. This is the rapture. For when they say, Peace and safety, and sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. People say that we shouldn't spend too much time studying Bible prophecy because we can't know when Christ will rapture his church. This passage is even misinterpreted to say we can't see the signs of the last days before they've started. But it's those who shall not escape who will be taken by surprise. Not those who've been reading the words God gave us. He doesn't want us to be taken by surprise. And why? Because knowing what will happen, especially knowing it's getting close, is purifying. Like John says in 1 John 3. Um, because we're driven to share Christ's salvation to the world. And we don't lose heart because we know we'll be seeing our beloved Savior soon. At any moment, I mean, we're running out of time. We get that perspective. If so for those who've trusted in Christ, our joy, our finish line, our rest is coming. We know for certain that it is. We don't know when exactly, but we know God keeps his promises because he always has. 
And he gives us the signs of prophecy to give us hope. One of the greatest, most precious effects of studying Bible prophecy is seeing just how faithful and able God is to keep his promises. He's kept them so precisely and definitely in the past that I know 100% that I can rely on him to keep every promise for the future. And this is why studying Bible prophecy is hopeful and exciting. God promises that the hope of seeing Christ face to face is purifying. Yet how can we be changed by this hope if we don't see the ways that God has kept, is keeping, and will keep his promises? I mean, for anyone who hasn't trusted in Christ alone for eternal life, Bible prophecy is literally the most terrifying thing possible. But if you are in Christ, literally the most wonderful promises are what the Bible or what Bible prophecy is talking about as far as your concern. First Thessalonians 4 says it best. After talking about the rapture, Paul says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Ah, well, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm praying that God will use this uh, very humble effort to help reveal the precious truths about him and his promises to everyone who hears this. Um, remember, you can read the this as a blog post if you want to check out the website on gen2300.com. Uh, also, of course, this podcast. And then now I am on Instagram as well. It's Anna underscore Jen2300. Also, of course, still on Telegram under Generation2300 and MeWe. So I'm really done now. Um, and I'll just say Maranatha, Lord come soon. Until next time, unless the rapture comes first. Thanks again for listening.